Hello, everybody. How are we today? My name is Fabian Chagoya. And my name is Stephanie Furminger, and you are listening to Chaminger Becoming Exceptional. And this is my three cents about the why. Fabian Chagoya, how are you today? That is an amazing question. I am amazing <laughs> because we're finally doing it. It's finally happening. So crazy, but I'm so excited. Same. It's been a long time coming. It's been a passion. It's been a dream. We've worked hard to get here. I've worked hard planning this for a long time, and I'm excited to share it with the world. Perfect. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I love that question. It was my favorite question to answer in interviews. I was always known as the diplomat kid. My dad was the Mexican ambassador. And because of that, it meant that every time he had to move for a new position, we had to move with him. We being my brother and sister, and obviously my mom. We've lived in six different countries growing up, and that's something that is pretty unusual. Yeah, I would I would say so. <laughs> For all those people wondering, Seattle is where I was born. We got Mexico, Jamaica, Ecuador, Guatemala, Germany. So quite varied, but mostly in the Western Hemisphere, North America. But it was definitely quite an adventure growing up. I would say that I would define myself as a traveler and it really was because of my dad's job. We had the luxury of being able to travel to so many different countries and places. I'm so grateful for that because it gave me so much perspective, culture, knowledge that I would never have had if I would have stayed in one place. So because of that, I feel like that truly is the root of who I am deep down. I am this wandering nomad that doesn't have a home and can fit into any puzzle that he finds. I'm that malleable piece that can just get in there. <laughs> I love that. That is a lot as a kid growing up and I can't even imagine all the different experiences and also opportunities that you had throughout that journey. So that sounds amazing, but I'm sure there were a lot of challenges that went along with that. Can you kind of tell us how you got to where you are today? Yeah. It starts obviously with my background. You know, having been so well-traveled and well-cultured, there also came a dark side that was never staying at one place for any lengthy period of time. So what that means is you never actually get to become your surroundings. So most people live in their same town for 10, 12, 15, 18 years. I can't relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> Two years was usually the norm. Sometimes one. For example, we lived in Jamaica for one year and that was enough. I love you, Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> it really got me to a point where I became very good at adapting. I would almost say I became a chameleon. 
So you put me in an unknown situation or with a new group of people, I could become those people within five to 10 minutes because that was kind of what was needed for my survival as a kid. Survival being a very dramatic word to explain it, but when you're in middle school, the most important thing is fitting in. Oh my goodness, <laughs> is it? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So that's amazing that you developed that skill so early on because a lot of people don't necessarily develop that skill until later on in life when they're put into whatever position that they may be put into. And that may not be until they get to college or they start their professional career. So that's crazy that you develop that skill so early on. Exactly. Grateful for that. But the dark side comes from I wasn't able to have a solid foundation as a friend group. So because of that, I became very close to my family. But at the same time, I never felt extremely attached and safe with any particular social group or friend group. As I was growing up, one of the things that I realized very quickly was that I needed to get good at befriending new people. Talking to people became a passion of mine. Getting to hear their stories, getting to know them, just being involved with other people. Because how do you become friends with people? You talk to them. Hanging around them is a, a key component, physical proximity, but you got to do the conversation to really get there. Since I am half Mexican, half German, family is one of their number one values and traditions, which meant that it really got to a point where we had way, I mean, seriously, way too many family reunions. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. I enjoyed forming a relationship with them and eating delicious tacos and other things. I think every family should encourage reunions since it teaches good social skills and quote unquote involvement in the clan or pride, so to speak. The problem was that at every single one, people would always ask me what I wanted to do when I was grown up. In my head, I would always be like, oh, here we go again. My favorite question yep. as well. well. I don't really know. I mean, let's be real. When you're like 10 years old, do you know? Yes, there are definitely some people that know what they want to do from a very young age, but not many of them keep that same passion. And who as an adult would think, oh, I should ask this 10 year old what they want to do <laughs> for the next however many years of their professional career. Right. Does that even make sense? But it happens all the time. Side note, aunts and uncles, just ask them how they're really doing. Get to know them. Ask them how school life is. Don't ask them about what they want to do because <laughs> we don't know yet. How could we? But I answered pretty confidently saying I wanted to get paid to talk to people. Doesn't that sound amazing? Like yes. Just getting paid to be like, you know, just talking, not just my family, but I would tell other people this too. I got laughed at like, oh, you naive little kid. You're not going to get paid to talk to people and getting to know them. There's no such thing. How did that make you feel that they were just laughing at you for that? Did it make you feel like, well, I guess that's <laughs> out the window or were you, oh, well, I'm just going to show them. 
You know, I wish it was the second one. I wish it was. I, I despise the idea of work. It sucks. I got to do something that I hate. But if that's what it takes to get paid, I'll do it. I'm like, is this really a third of my life? Got to do something that I despise every day? I'm like, I guess so. Everyone else is making it seem that way. I guess that's what it is. It definitely did not make me feel excited about working. Right. But it's right. And to be honest, my parents never really sat me down and be like, okay, this is how real life works after you graduate from college and you're going to find a job and all these things. You know, I kind of wish that they had because it's a completely different world out there once you do. Is it? <laughs> it really is. Yeah. What's funny is that I had a lot of opportunities because of my dad's experience and reputation. Obviously, he was an ambassador, a diplomat, so people knew him. And he had access to things that most people don't. So I had an opportunity to have a paid internship in Guatemala, trying to follow my dad's footsteps. And it was super interesting. But was that something that you wanted to do? Exactly. Was that something that you could be passionate about for the next 30 plus years? The moment I remembered how I felt, I came up to us and said, hey, we're moving again. I knew I couldn't do it. You spent two years building up relationships, friendships, and something that you can rely on. It's like, hey, get ready to toss it away. And now I look back at it in an amazing positive light. But at that time, it's like, are you kidding me? Well, I was going to say you love developing relationships with people. So maybe at the time it wasn't something that you necessarily loved or something that you embraced as a kid it's difficult to always pack up and not have that stability and even probably as an adult you want to be able to continue really certain relationships maybe not all but there are definitely some people that you want to stay in contact with or have a relationship with but everyone knows that it's difficult to do that when you're not in close proximity for the most part it is difficult to do that. So, I mean, pluses and minuses, a lot of minuses, especially as a kid. Yeah. That could be very, very difficult. You summarize it perfectly. It really was such a up and down weighing the balance of is this a good or bad thing? But then the day I realized that I didn't want to do that again, I just couldn't. I wanted more stability. So I was in Seattle, Washington, and... I finally had an opportunity to do my own thing. I was away from my siblings. I was away from my parents. It was my opportunity to brand myself to become who I really am. No one's telling me who I am. It's a fresh start. I found an opportunity to do a job that was telling people basically to go on vacation. Well, that just sounds absolutely (laughs) terrible. Why would you ever want to tell people to go on vacation? They must have hated that. Yep, because it was time share. (laughs) (laughs) But the idea of it, and I didn't really know about time share because my parents never were exposed to or did it. And we traveled very differently. So I never really knew about the dark side of it. But then I'm like, oh, 
okay, so that's what timeshare is. Don't go to any if the Mexican people kidnap you and keep you locked up for six hours trying to make you buy a timeshare in Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> Got it, Uncle Victor. <laughs> it made me realize that I love traveling and I love talking to people. That's what that job was. It was selling slash marketing about the idea of travel, timeshare. But really, travel was the big picture. That was what really was the biggest step that got us to where we are today. It made me realize what my passion was. And it was just talking to people, sharing my beliefs, sharing my passion, just getting people to be aware that there's a lot larger world out there, being cultured, having more perspective. Was that a big light bulb moment for you? Was oh my it? gosh. <laughs> I mean, I've worked at some other minor jobs here and there, and I hated them. There, I went in. I was gladly doing overtime. I wanted to learn everything there was about it. I was so passionate about it and became so good at it. Especially when you are enjoying what you are doing, you are going to want to learn more and be better. So... That's amazing that you were able to find that at a pretty young age. Yeah, I was 23 turning 24. Yeah, guys, that's what happens in all these years. <laughs> it was a game changer. It was a game changer. Just having that drive. The best part about it was it was a commission job. That ruined all jobs for me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> because I realized that why should I get paid the same and someone else who's literally just sitting there on their phone when I'm grinding my heart out for eight hours in 30 degree weather by the Space Needle in Seattle. The fact that I was getting paid 70 times more than them, literally, was so satisfying. I can't tell you how much that motivated me knowing that the harder I work, the better I get paid. Yeah, I love that because I have never worked in a position like that, but I would like to call myself a hard worker. So yeah. I would absolutely love that. I mean, I worked in restaurants, so it's kind of similar. You're getting better tips based upon how good you are, how efficient you are, but you are at the, the mercy of your guests. For tips. I kind of got a little taste of that anyway. So I can understand wanting to work more or work a little bit harder or get better and having that money motivation yeah. in that aspect. Game changer. Yep. Glad you understand because it kept me going. Eventually, though, there came a point where I realized I had learned pretty much all there is to do. I had essentially mastered the craft. I was the go-to. I had an opportunity to take a promotion and start mentoring people. And that was, I would say, one of the key things that led me as well to this moment was starting to mentor people. Would you say that you liked to teach people how you did what you do? Do you think that is something that you enjoyed as part of being in that job and having that mentor position? It was probably my favorite thing. Because for the first three months, I did it without getting paid extra until I did get a promotion on it and I got paid quite a well, bit Well, luckily they recognized yeah. that 
you were good at it because some people just do it naturally, but some people do it just because they are looking for that recognition and they want that raise, they want that pay bump, but they don't ever get that because they're like, oh, well, they're already doing it. So why pay them more? Kudos to them that they recognize that and gave you that. I got the promotion within six months of doing the job and probably two months of doing the mentoring, two to three months. So yeah, I was mentoring like probably three months in. Yeah. It was very satisfying because I feel like I taught myself to do this. I taught myself how to stop. It's genetical, it's DNA, but it's a teachable skill, social skills. And I learned how to do it. And then hearing people that would say, oh, whoever gets Fabian is lucky because they're going to succeed at this job versus whoever gets like the other two or three mentors. That was pretty damn satisfying. Yeah, I can only imagine. And an ego booster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not like I need that. <laughs> but it was excellent to hear those stuff. And it got to a point where I was doing so well. But, you know, like always, management changes, things change. And you're not at the same point you were when you began. So your expectations, your desires, your growth. Yeah, I was just going to say you're kind of outgrowing the position. You've learned all that you can and mastered the craft. So now what? I know what I can make, what I'm capable of. Do I stay here or do I try to find something else? One of the things that kind of opened my eyes to that I could do a lot more was part of the job was going to different events and events being like beer festivals, home shows, golf shows. So some of the demographics that we were selling to are some pretty darn elite people. And because of that, a lot of them are much harder to convince than others. You obviously want those people that have a lot of money that are more elite, so to say, because they were more likely to buy the product the company was selling, which was the timeshare. Right. So you'd get bonuses. A lot of these people really liked me and they started giving me their cards and they're like hey reach out to me because i want you to sell for my startup or for my company or for this or i have a friend that's looking for a sales guy i'm like whoa they're like why are you doing this you could do so much better that's kind of like when i start thinking right i mean i could see that being very validating and then it makes you question well maybe i can do more or maybe i should be doing more <laughs> yeah short story short <laughs> <laughs> there was some things that happened, some downfall at that job. And I ended up leaving it. But I started the hunt of finding something a lot more elite, higher tier, much more potential to gain even more pay and having more impact in the sales industry. So was there, were there specific routes that you were looking to go in? Or were you just kind of looking at any option that was out there? No, definitely not looking at any option. I had looked up to one of my cousins. He was a medical device sales manager or slash rep. And I knew that the medical industry is kind of one of the industries where it's at in sales for upsides of money. Because I wanted, now that I got a taste of doing super well and I knew that my sales skills were so good, I realized that product knowledge is different than sales skills and knowledge. 
those are two separate things. Right. Like you can learn how to do math. You can memorize how to do math, but can you learn how to think critically? Those are two different things. They both work together. And that's kind of when I realized I'm like, okay, I want to aim for much higher paying jobs, much more impactful jobs. So did you start picking his brain or did you have conversations with him about it? Did you ask his opinion? I mean, it sounds like that's kind of the direction that you were wanting to go in. So was he kind of your mentor in finding your next position or did you not use him at all? Yeah. Adrian Garcia. Thank you. I definitely picked his brain. I asked him, I was very interested in doing what he was doing and following in his footsteps. He could see me in action. I hosted family parties and dinners and he saw my skill set firsthand. Like it was very clear the progression of my sales skills and social skills. He knew I was good. So he actually recommended me for a position in his own job or his company. And I interviewed with his boss and that was probably the start of changing everything because he was the decision maker and it was an amazing interview. It was probably one of my best interviews that I've ever done in my entire life. And I remember my cousin said to me, I don't know what you did or how you did it, but I've never seen him say the things he said, but you didn't get that job. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then when his boss reached out to me, it was like literally the best interview I've ever had in my entire career. And this guy's like 50 years old. Well, what happened? I'm on the edge of my seat right now. <laughs> he gave the job to someone who's been doing it for 15 to 20 years. And I've had two and a half, almost three years of timeshare sales experience. And that's my extent of sales experience. And I'd have to spend probably the first three to six months learning the product and the industry. And he, more so his bosses wanted immediate profit and gains. And they thought that this guy who's been doing it for 15, 20 years could get them a few sales right away. So they chose that guy over me because of that. Well, they made the wrong choice, yes. I think. But I can completely understand that that boss was probably caught between a rock and a hard place because it sounds like it was a very difficult decision, but they were just looking for something a little more immediate. But that's heartbreaking for you. Seriously. So what happened after that? In the meantime, were you applying elsewhere or were you kind of like banking on that position? To be honest, I was so confident after that interview right. that I was going to get it. And that was definitely hard, but I kept going. And the problem was that because of that, I was 5% away from getting the job. This skipping 10 years of experience worth of sales crap to get a high paying position that I wasn't willing to take mediocre sales jobs. Right. So it almost set the bar high. Yes. And you couldn't go below that at, at that point. Let's just say I turned down probably 20 jobs. So I was unemployed for a little bit, definitely for a little bit because of that. But I knew I could do better working with recruiters and they're trying to give me these low tier jobs. I'm like, brother, I'm better than that. <laughs> My previous job paid way more than this. Like, what do you think? Yep. And that's kind of when I stopped working with recruiters, sorry, recruiters, but they were just in it for their own agenda, trying to get rid of the jobs that they hadn't filled yet. And I was like, sorry, I'm looking high tier. I started applying to all the elite sales jobs in the Seattle industry because obviously it has a lot of tech jobs and Zillow and 
other companies like that that were considered the best sales jobs in that town. Always got close, but never got there. And eventually, I found a medical software sales company that gave me an opportunity. They actually told me that they wanted me to take the job in Seattle. But then last minute, when I finally got the job, they were like, well, if you don't move to Denver, we can't give you the job because we're promoting someone within that we want to keep in Seattle. And he gave me three days to think about it. <laughs> the old bait and switch. So how did you feel about having to move to Denver for this job? Obviously, you were looking for something in medical sales. Now you're having to move again, which is something that you've made clear that you didn't want to do. But it's a job that you really want. Yep. So do you keep looking or what do you do? I decided in 15 seconds. I said, yes, <laughs> I knew that this is what I thought about in those 15 seconds. One, medical sales Two, elite sales job that has insane potential for making money. Three, having an impact Four, truthfully, sorry, guys, there was no one in Seattle or Washington that I needed to stay in contact with that I couldn't just keep a relationship alive or friendship alive virtually or digitally. Like they were, I had some good friends, but at the end of the day, I knew that my opportunity to grow and experience new things, I weighed all of that. That was meaningless. And it wasn't even a decision to think about. Like if I had all my family there, it might've been a difficult decision, but because they weren't, it was literally a 10 second, 15 second decision. Well, I love to hear that because that's ultimately how we ended up meeting yes. because we both live in the same area. So you finally moved to Colorado and you start your job and tell us a little more about that and kind of how things progressed and how we ended up getting here. Yeah. So this is really, really gets interesting because this medical software sales company gave me so much opportunity. It was crazy. Like the experiences that I had and the access to things that I had no right having. Um, I was the face of the company. I basically ran an entire business entity of the company in Colorado, Kansas, and Nebraska. So I started getting entrepreneur experience myself. The only problem was that while I was the brand, while I was the face, while I was the sales division, I had no control over the marketing. I had no control over the project manager and I had no control over the implementation in the product, which turns out is actually a major point, but it was pretty cool to be able to have a completely different experience than someone else in another territory. Because at the end of the day, they were really buying from Fabian Chagoya, not from this company. So I built up relationships, I built up trust, I built up likes, I built up, I mean, the way I sold compared to a lot of people was so different and people would like, I could literally email any of my clients and they would respond when most salespeople couldn't even get them 
Like they could call 50 times and it would never respond. <laughs> it was just a game changing difference knowing that I could create my own brand and my own way of approaching this. So I had a lot of experience with that. But also there was so much to learn about the medical industry. Gosh, it! I knew that when in my interview I presented it like I'm going to work hard and I'm going to learn a lot. Gosh, did I have to work hard and learn a lot. <laughs> I had to learn more than I did in my four years of college in five months. Seriously, it was insane. Well, yeah, especially if you're kind of on your own and you've never worked in any industry, to be honest, but especially the medical industry, you're working with doctors and CEOs. You have to know your stuff. So I can only imagine what that learning curve was was like because you're having those meetings on your own. You don't have anyone to look to to answer any questions that you may not know the answer to. Yep. It was definitely a little scary at first, and it definitely knocked me down a peg because I came into it being, I was cocky. I was confident. Obviously, in my last job, I was the best. Like, it wasn't even a question about it. And having everyone tell you you're the best, it's almost like this feedback loop where you stop growing. But then I come here, and I got humbled very quickly because you meet these other people, and like, I mean, to get into this job, you had to take an intelligence exam, which only 1% of people who applied passed. So it weeded out a lot of people. So all these people are smart. They know their stuff. Most people who were doing this job had 20 years of experience in the medical industry or so, or 10, 15 years of sales experience. I'm like, oh God, I'm the newbie, you know? So did you still have that hunger to want to be the best or did it kind of humble you a little bit more and how long did it take you to get that back if you did lose it at all? It humbled me too much. I gave way too much respect to others without them earning it. I thought they were so good because they're doing this and they're here and they've done it more and longer than I have. What I realized was that I kind of gave up who I was and my methodology because I'm like, well, these guys have done it for so long. They found success. They clearly know what they're doing. Spoilers, they didn't. It worked 10 years ago, but it didn't work today. The moment I embraced again who I was and what I do and why I got hired in the first place, I killed it. But that probably took me about five months. Five months of trying things and learning and doing their methodology. But once I became who I am and did stay true to that, it wasn't even fair anymore. It was, it was a game changer. But... I was not satisfied with being just coasting. I wanted to be number one. And that's what I was in my last job. That's what I wanted to be. And that's what I want to be in anything I do. So that is kind of where I was. But here's the but that led us to where we are today. <laughs> it gave me so much. It made me to who I am. It gave me experiences and access to knowledge and situations that I had no right having with my few years in the workforce, but I'm glad it did. I know more than people that have been in the work industry for 30 years. And I'm 29. And that's crazy. That really is. Well, but also very exciting. Yes. To know that you can excel and do that well in such a short period of time and not having the time aspect keeping you back. Exactly. 
but really the key that motivated me for this was I started realizing that I almost, I seriously almost outgrew the job. There really wasn't a lot for me to still learn. Um, I was perfecting the craft, but things change with the industry and the company and clients and COVID and other things. And you have to relearn things and adjust there. But in general, the structure of outside sales and B2B, I had mastered it. And, but the biggest thing was I knew business because that's what my job deep down was. I was consulting for other business owners and medical practices. And if they're listening to my advice, literally like the biggest pediatric groups in Colorado, the biggest surgery groups in Colorado, they're coming to me for how to run their business and medical wise, obviously because of their software. You started asking yourself like, wait, I kind of know my stuff. Yeah. I kind of know my stuff. And I mean, I had to learn a lot. I had to learn a lot to get here, but I put in the work. But that was one of those self-reflecting moments where you realize, wait a second, I can do this. And deep down, I knew that I don't like being told what to do. I like being my own boss. I like doing things my way, especially if I know that there's a more efficient way of doing things. And I also, throughout my journey at this job, I really changed my perspective, my confidence, my work ethic, my mindset, all those things, because I needed to get better to sell to these individuals successfully. So did you knowingly change all of those things or was it kind of just gradual and came with time or you just one day woke up and you just said, wow, light bulb moment. During the first five months when I wasn't having the success that I expected, I knew I had to change something. That's humbling when you're like, I'm not good enough. Yeah. I knew I had to go on a self-improvement journey. I needed to up my game and I did. I read a lot of books. I watched a lot of videos. I talked to a lot of people, changed a lot of bad habits. And I learned a lot about business and about the medical industry. And, you know, when, once you start knowing more than your boss and other people, you start realizing that you're putting the work that other people didn't. And it started paying dividends. But it also made me start self-reflecting on my past and why I did certain things and why I felt certain ways. And it hits you as well when you realize that you're not as good as you think you are or you need to change things. And the reason why I say need to is because I wanted more. If I was satisfied with where I was, I didn't have to change a thing. But I desired, I craved more. And once I started doing that was when I realized that one of the biggest things that brought me to where I am today and having success in that job and many other things was changing, you know, my mindset, my perspective, overcoming insecurities, becoming more confident, becoming more secure, becoming well-spoken, um, having all those things. And I realized that out of all the things that have happened in my life, what brought me the most success was changing all those things. It literally was a game changer. 
And that's kind of what started this passion project, which is now a business. I knew that how a lot of good things have happened to me in my life. I have a lot of experiences. I traveled the world. I moved so much. I've met amazing people. I've had great opportunities. But what was the most life-changing was going on this self-improvement journey and overcoming certain things and learning certain things about myself, getting to know myself. I want to be able to give that to everyone else. Save people all those years of figuring that out, all those struggles. Being able to pass that on is what brought me, us, here today. Because that, I know how different I felt after that. And I want to be able to give that to everyone else because it is like lifting thousands of pounds off your shoulders and dropping them next to you and just being free free to do whatever you want free to become who you want and that is the challenger experience i love that i mean you've told me all about your journey and i just love that you want to share that with everyone else because i know how much you have gone through and your experiences and just it's very noble that you want to share that with others and help them improve personally professionally emotionally everything so this is almost a jump start for others or a quick starter for them and I'm very excited for everyone to listen to that journey and get basically a cheat sheet on how to do it <laughs> on how you did it anyway and hopefully it resonates with others well i want to add on to that you summarize it perfectly it it really is the why behind challenger uh our brand our business our idea our passion project it teaching people how to become more successful which really just boils down to being happy and satisfied with who you are and what you have and knowing yourself because then it's easy to work on yourself. But really passing that on and because of my background of sales and self-improvement and traveling and being this diplomat kid that lived in so many countries and was always the weirdo, it really made me the expert at change and adaptability and because of that i want to teach that to people especially today covid forced that on so many people to face head-on so many situations and scenarios where it's like hey all of a sudden you have to talk to everyone digitally or virtually that is so different especially for someone like myself that thrives in in-person interactions how do you do that and the people that extroverts that thrived on just going out to parties and socializing with people at bars, like now they have to befriend people and date people online. How do? And et cetera, et cetera. Businesses, they didn't know how to, restaurants. How do you keep people going in and making money if you can't have dine-in? Oh, wait, you actually have to do takeout? You have to do food delivery? Like so much has changed. And a lot of people have cannot adapt to that. And mental health naturally is going to struggle. People have anxiety, stresses, frustrations. And 
I want people to realize that there's a way to deal with that. And it's just knowing yourself. And it's knowing certain key things that can make you happy and can make you successful and passing that on. I know that in the next few months and years, there's going to be a huge aftermath from <laughs> this pandemic. Yes, absolutely. I can't even imagine how disastrous it's going to be not only financially, but for a lot of people and businesses, but also emotionally, physically, there's going to be a lot of damage done. Yeah. But there's some great things that happen yes, as well. Absolutely. But yep. I'm, I'm excited to see how the world progresses. But really, one of my biggest goals is knowing that this is the world we live in today. And the things that I overcame, most people didn't even weren't even aware that those were issues in my life. But I mean, if you don't publicize them, how could they? Now being able to help other people overcome them, especially people who've traveled as much and have lost their friend groups and their social circles and the support of loved ones. Starting a new is hard, but that's my expertise. So this is a new journey. Well, I think everyone is going to be super excited. And I think that everything that you have to share is going to be very beneficial for anyone going through any of the struggles that you have mentioned. So there's definitely a lot more to come from Challenger becoming exceptional. So everyone should tune in and thanks so much for listening in on our first episode. We're excited to have you with us to experience this journey. We would love for all of you to comment, to let us know what you think. Absolutely. Well, I want to leave everyone with knowing that this is a journey. This is not just a one pit stop on a road trip. This is a true journey of becoming who you are meant to be, becoming yourself, becoming successful, becoming exceptional, because at the end of the day, we are all amazing people. And that is what we are striving towards. And we want you to join us on that journey because we're doing this branding business and you guys are overcoming your situations as well. Thank you.